morning, everybody. How are you doing? Great. Let's pray. We declare this morning that there is no other name like Jesus. And it's an honour to declare that. It's an honour to bring our praise and our worship to you this morning, Lord. My prayer, my invitation to you, Holy Spirit, is that you will saturate this meeting with your presence. That every person here would encounter you in some way. That no matter what happens in the service, the words on our lips as we leave would be, I met Jesus today. I encountered the presence of the Holy Spirit today. And within that, Father, I ask that people would be encouraged, that we would all be challenged to take things to another level in our lives, that perhaps we would be that little more open to you than we've ever been before. So thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. We honor you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, it's great to see you and take a seat if you'd like to. It's great to see you here. We're going to have a great morning. It is wonderful today to have Pastor Steve Graham with us. So I've had, had the privilege in the last service to hear the message. Are you bringing the same message again? This Yeah, the, the message, it's a cracker. Believe me, you need to prepare yourself for it. It's, um, it's a really, really great message. But it's just great to have Steve here. It's good to be doing life with friends. And uh, we really consider Steve to be a, a friend, part of the family here at Activate Church. And so it's great to have him with us today. A couple of things, just so you know what's happening. Uh, DNA is on this morning, Activate DNA. That's if you're new to the church, um, you want to know what's going on. I, I actually encourage that every person do it. So this is going to be happening throughout the, but not all today, because you won't fit in the room. But uh, during the service, I'll let you know when to go out, probably the same time as the kids, and Pastor Ray will be leading you in the DNA course today. It's all about the life of Activate Church, what's happening, where we're heading, what God's up to. Uh, you guys will have a great time. Also, just let me um, remind you that next Sunday, there's baptisms all Sunday, and that's going to be a great day. I know we've got some people ready to go. But if you haven't been baptized, if you're a disciple of Christ, you need to be baptized. So how about making that next Sunday? Have a chat to a leader, call the office during the week if you'd like to, but it would be great if you were baptized next Sunday. The other thing I'd like to just let you know about is that we've got Momentum Prayer this coming Tuesday night, 7 o'clock to 9, 7 to 8 in the foyer, drink coffee together, and tea if you're one of those sorts, but drink coffee together. And, um, and uh, you can ask questions about what's happening in the life of the church, have some good conversation out there. Then we move in here at 8 o'clock and we pray for an hour. And um, they're always fantastic evenings. They're wonderful. The highlights for me. Well, it's great to have you here this morning. And if you're visiting, we'd like to give you a special welcome. We've got a little pack we'd like to give you. It has a uh, coffee card in it and some information on the church and uh, where we're up to, where we're going, all those sorts of things. And it's wonderful to have you here. If you are visiting, can I get you to give me a little wave? That's all I'm going to ask for, just so our people can see you, and they'll drop a bag off in your, your lap very quickly. Just give me a little wave. Fantastic. Welcome. Great to have you with us. That's great. Church, can we welcome our guests this morning, please? Great to have you with us. Make yourselves at home. Enjoy what's happening. We're going to have a great time together. 
well. Who has had a birthday or a celebration, a like an anniversary, a birthday or an anniversary in the last week? Have you had a birthday? Fantastic. Jump up with me. I've got chocolate for you. Who's had who else had a birthday this last week? Oh, you had a birthday, Gail. Come on, come and get a chocolate. You have to come out. I'm sorry. Birthday? Birthday? Happy birthday? Fantastic. Birthday? Yeah, wonderful. Andrea, birthday, Ange, birthday, fantastic. What about wedding anniversaries, anything? They kind of stop here for a couple of months, don't they? Wedding anniversaries, it's too cold to get married. Is it? That's all the birthdays? Why don't you jump up on it on your feet uh, and let's pray God's blessing over all these wonderful people who have had birthdays. Here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. How about giving them a big hand? Happy birthday. Phil Strong is in Tikafata preaching this morning. So, Tikafata. So, we pray that he'll know God's presence with him. Great impact on the church there. Well, kids, it's time to go. This morning, the intermediates are going that way as well. So, if you would like to go, have a great time. Thank you, teachers. Enjoy yourselves. How about DNA can go now as well? How's that? Follow Pastor Ray if you're going, and Wendy if you're going to DNA class. As that's happening, Riss, why don't you come? Riss is going to share a testimony with us this morning about the goodness of God. Fantastic. Good morning. Well, two weeks ago, I was at the veggie shop and I ended up praying for someone and saw them completely healed. And Sheridan's asked me to share that with you this morning. But to do that, I need to go back a couple of weeks before that. You see, I had gone to the veggie shop two weeks before that and gone inside and there was a person busking out the front and he was singing and then it stopped wait for a while, then he'd sing again. And got to thinking while I was in there, I wonder what his story is. I wonder why is he out there singing? Is he doing it because he just loves to sing and get a few extra dollars? Does he desperately need the money? I wonder, has anyone stopped to take the time and ask him what's his story? And while I was in there, felt like God asked me to give him some money. Now, I'd like to tell you that I did, but I didn't. I had a bit of a toddler tantrum, you see. I don't want to do that. I want to use the money for something else. No, I'm too scared to talk to him. I don't like talking to strangers and asking what that story. He might think I'm a bit weird or, I don't know. So I left. And I tell you, I felt so bad. I felt like, oh, I've walked away and I've disobeyed what God asked me to do. 
So on the drive home, I was pondering why couldn't I do it? And I felt like God challenged me to go to the supermarket and buy him a voucher and give it to him the next time I saw him. So I did that, bought the voucher. Next week I went to the veggie shop. Oh, he's not here. Oh, I so wanted to follow through and give him that voucher and ask him a story, but he wasn't there. So I was a bit bummed. I said, okay, God, well, if I don't see him again, then I trust that you will prompt me to give this voucher to someone else who does need it. So I left. The following Sunday, this is two weeks ago, Sheridan spoke that morning, and it was Pentecost Sunday, and he read quite a few scriptures out that morning, and he read this one in Acts 1, verse 8, and it said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And that morning, that particular verse just jumped out at me. It was what I needed to hear. Because I've prayed for people a few times now. I've seen some people healed, and I've seen others where nothing happens. And it's a huge, a huge thing for me to step out and do. It's not something I do very easily. But I've noticed that morning when I read that, when, I, when that scripture jumped out, that the times where I find it easy and natural and it just happens and God moves and that person is healed, they're the times that the Holy Spirit is with me. I'm not on my own. The times that it's hard work, I'm scared, I don't know what to do, but I do it and nothing happens, they're the times that I'm trying to do it in my own strength. So I was like, okay, so I need the Holy Spirit with me because he brings power. So that afternoon, I went off to the veggie shop. And before I even got out of my car, I could hear singing. I'm like, he's here, he's here. Got out of my car, walked right down to him. And he said, hi. And I said, I saw you a couple of weeks ago. And I wondered, what's your story? What, what are you doing down here busking? And do you know what? He said, I lost my job six months ago and I really need money. I need to get money for my children. And I didn't listen last time. And he said, I busk, but I can't busk for very long because I've got severe RSI in my arm and I can't play the guitar for very long and that's why the pauses so I said oh I'm a Christian and I believe in praying for healing I've prayed for some people and I've seen them healed and I've prayed for other people and they haven't been healed and before I even got to finish what I was saying he interrupted and he said can you pray for me I said yes absolutely very quickly I said Holy Spirit I need you to come I can't do this on my own so I asked him are you in pain now yes what are you on a level of 1 to 10 level 8 so I prayed laid hands on his arm and I said I command pain to leave in Jesus name asked him how it was I said test it out have a look see how does it feel oh that's a bit better I said what is it now on a 1 to 10 scale oh about a four or a five. Okay, that's awesome. I said, I actually believe that 
need to keep praying until nothing happens. So let's go again. So I prayed again, thanked God for what he'd already done, and prayed for healing over that arm. And, ah, oh, check it again. Oh, that's, that's more. That's even better than it was before. What is it on a one to ten? About a two. Awesome. Let's pray again. Prayed one more time. And then I asked him, I said, test it out at the end. Whoa. It's gone. There's no pain, he said. I said, awesome. Can you play your guitar? Give it a go. He picks up his guitar, starts to play with this huge smile on his face because God had come in and done something. And he plays and he goes, you know, there was this one chord that I couldn't play. I couldn't get my wrist in the right position. I couldn't press down the strings. I just couldn't do it. It was too painful. I can play that now. And do you know what he did? He started to play the Whitney Houston version of Jesus Loves Me, This I Know, and he just sang it. And it was just, for me, it was an amazing testimony of my journey of, of doing my little toddler tantrum, not being obedient, and then going, no, I'm going to do something. And also seeing that, you know, God had asked me to do something. And like we've heard before, what is on the other side of your obedience? If I hadn't have stepped out, that wouldn't have happened. And I've heard this quote which I just think is awesome. It says, fear is a reaction, courage is a choice. So I felt fear and I got to the point where I made the choice that I was gonna step out anyway. Where do you need to make courage your choice? Is there somewhere that you fear that you need to go, no, that's a reaction. I need to make courage my choice. Massive. Thank you for sharing that with us. Let's stand to our feet. Church. Just in uh, thinking about church today, yesterday I think it was, I was, I was like, God, what do you want to say to your people during the worship time? And this word just drops into my head and I was like what <laughs> he said pressure the word pressure and I was like what do you mean and and he starts to tell me about how maybe some people here are feeling the pressures of life pretty heavy at the moment now I don't know, first thing I think of because I'm a dad I think oh you know being a dad and all that sort of stuff but it could be could be whatever Whatever, whatever your situation looks like to you right now. And I really felt God saying that I, will, I am with you in this. I will walk through it with you. And I don't know if that's for all of us or some of us or whoever, but I just felt to be obedient to share that this morning. God is good. He is with us. He walks with us. Yeah? All right. So we're going to sing Good, Good Father this morning.
And I heard a thousand stories of what they think you're like, but I've heard the tender whisper of love in the dead of night, and you tell me that you're pleased in it. I'm never alone. You're a good, good father. It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. And I Searching for answers far and wide, but I know we're all searching for us. Only you provide, and you know just what we need before we say a word. You're a good, good father.
Senhores. Speak how you wish. You need to take a moment right now to reflect on just how good he is. Take that moment. But if you're ready with words, speak them out. Lord, you are good. Yes, you are good. You are with us, Lord. We walk with you. Like never before 
rich in love. You're rich in love and you're slow to anger. Your name is great and your heart is kind. I believe releases faith. If you've if you've got sickness in your body, or if you doesn't just have to be sickness. If you're in a situation where you really need to see God come through, you're looking for a miracle. 
How about just lifting your hand where you are right now? Make sure people can see you. Great. Someone's got their hand up around you. How about gathering around them this morning? Jump out of your seats. You won't be able to stay where you are. Go and stand around someone who's got their hand up. Keep your hands in the air. Make sure that if you've got your hand in the air and no one's around you, put your hand up really high. Great. I can see at least two or three. We need to go this way. People, come out of your seats over this direction. It's like you're all stunned mullets. Your feet are stuck to the floor or something. Go this way. Great. Everyone got something around them? Fantastic. What's the Bible say about healing? Jesus paid the price for all of our diseases, all of our sicknesses. Come on, start to pray into that. Start to lift them up. For miracles required, speak to the mountain to move. Jesus, I thank you that you were given authority over all things, not just some things but over all things. That includes the mountains that might be in front of us, the sicknesses that may have attached themselves to our bodies. This morning we speak to the spirit of infirmity, a commanded to leave in Jesus' name, and where it's been attached, we release health in the name of Jesus. Every sickness, every disease be healed in Jesus' name. Where there seems like mountains in front of us that won't move, we command the mountain to move this morning. In Jesus' name, let the answers come. Let solutions come. Let situations be resolved this morning. In Jesus' name, I pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for your answers. Before you take a seat, don't sit down. Because I had this thought in the first service. I thought it was a good thought, actually. So you've got to hold those when they come through. We, we just think about 10,000 reasons why God's so good. I, I want us to sing the chorus again in a moment. Bless the Lord. But before we do, I would like you, you don't have to say it out loud. You can if you want to. I want you to count out or name 20 reasons this morning that would compel you to worship God. 20 reasons. Go for it. Count them on your fingers if you have to, and your toes. 20. Don't stop before 20. most attractive people on the planet are thankful people. I think it's the most attractive attribute that someone carries is thanks.
Father, this morning we thank you that you're kind. We thank you for your mercy. I thank you for peace. I thank you for love. I thank you for the ear that sustains my life. I thank you for food to sustain my body. I thank you for clothing. I thank you for a roof over my head. I thank you for transportation. Father, I thank you for relationships. I thank you this morning for my wife. I thank you for my children. I thank you for my wider family. I thank you for my friends. I thank you that I can come and I can worship freely in this place together this morning. I thank you that I have a knowledge and an an experience of your love in my world. I thank you that you've called me to walk with you. I thank you, Jesus, that you paid the price for my salvation to connect me to the Father. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that when you were sent, you came and that I get to experience your presence every day and every moment of every day if I choose to. I thank you for that incredible country we live in. I thank you. And this morning, out of our hearts of thanks, we want to bless your name again. And Father, I pray that the offering of thanksgiving you received this morning would make you feel really, really good. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Can we sing bless the Lord again? Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, my soul, worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I'll worship Your holy name. So bless the Lord, oh, my soul. Oh. Worship His holy name. Sing like never before. Oh, my soul, I worship Your holy name. One more time, bless the Lord. before you sit down, I know you've been standing up a while but once a few more seconds it is really, really good to have Pastor Steve Graham with us today and as I said earlier, he's just part of the family really and Steve and I go back a lot of years now and it's a real uh, privilege to have seen his journey over the years and it's a great privilege to serve with him on our ex-church's national leadership team 
and loving the journey there. And uh, it's, it's just a great journey. It's good to do life with friends. And um, I'm really excited watching where God's taking him and the opportunities that God's opened to him over recent years are really amazing. And um, he's had some incredible platforms to speak into the culture of our, our nation, which is amazing. But this morning he's going to speak to us, and he's brought a fantastic word with him. And I encourage you to open your hearts, open your ears, and allow God to speak to you. So how about giving Steve a massive big hand as he comes? Thanks. Thank you. Awesome. Grab a seat. It's great to be here. It's great to be at the 9 a.m. chapel service. That's phenomenal. I really like that. Maybe I shouldn't be advertising on this one. Is that the wrong thing to do? That's kind of great. It's great. It's great being here too. And I love hearing that uh, that booming voice of Simon out the back, down the back. Oh, bruise got. It's awesome. Always feels like you're at home here when you hear that. Hey, um, I think we've got a PowerPoint coming up. I want to I talk this morning something that sounds a bit weird. I want to talk about impediments to being activated. Is that all right? Awesome. Hey, just uh, was mentioned about uh, this, this sense of maybe some people being feeling under pressure. Um, just can I invite you to come along tonight? Tonight, I want to talk about basically a theology of hardship, uh, how to think about hardship in our lives. So if you're feeling like life's a bit hard, you're under pressure, um, come along, come back tonight. But uh, this morning, I want to talk about this thing of uh, impediments to being activated. So I haven't been here since this has been Activate Church, so it's great to be here. And I, I was looking on the website, some of the stuff, if my machine's going to work. There we go. So this is what you're about. Activate churches are about God and people, people and God. Our desire is to activate community transformation. We're in the business of activating something, seeing it launch, seeing it happen, making it happen out there. Is that right? Yes, awesome. And uh, so, it's a, so Jesus idea of the church is not just about talk, it's about making something happen, so the question is how do we activate it to make it happen, is that right? Okay, so I've, I've got the kind of DNA, I haven't even been to pass the uh, raised DNA class, but I reckon I've picked up some of it, so we experience the love of God, we share the love and goodness, that's why we activate people, activated people lead to activated families, that leads to activated communities, cities and nations, so we're in the business of getting something happening, unleashing something, unlocking something. Letting it kind of rip and make it happen. Is that right? Awesome. And so there was a final thing. We warmly invite you to join this community of genuine God-honoring people and start an activated journey. Who's excited about starting an activated journey? Yeah, a few people. Awesome. So why doesn't it happen? Well, that's what I want to talk about, this word called impediment. This is a definition, and a hindrance or obstruction in doing something. There's a whole lot of synonyms there. An obstruction, an obstacle, a barrier, a handicap, a block, a break, a restraint, a restriction, a limitation, an encumbrance, a deterrence. It goes on and on and on and on. See, here's the thing. How many people have ever, you've driven off in your car, and you kind of put your foot on the accelerator, and it doesn't quite go and it kind of almost surges back and then you look down and you realize you didn't kind of click the handbrake off completely and so you've been trying to drive with the handbrake on anyone ever done that or is that just me okay yeah so here's the thing it's like you're trying to activate the car by pushing the accelerator but but something is holding back the natural momentum it's like 
something's wrong and it and you can spend a lot of time trying to just activate 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 but actually you need to remove an impediment and sometimes i think we spend so much time trying to activate something when actually the what we need to do is remove the impediments and release the natural activation that's already in place I mean, when you, when you put your foot on the accelerator, it goes. Something is wrong when it actively is being pulled back. Is that right? So, so this morning, I want to think about, you know, what, what's, what are the impediments to this net, more natural process of activation? I mean, seriously, the gospel hasn't changed, has it, in 2,000 years? Jesus rose. He still reigns on high. The Holy Spirit has still been poured out. People still have a God-sized vacuum in their hearts looking for God. So, so why do we need to keep pushing and pushing on the accelerator trying to activate? It's because maybe there are some impediments that rob the natural momentum of the activation that God has already done. Another, another uh, image. Um, last Christmas, we had a big extended family gathering in our house, and my wife, First time I made this big stuffed turkey, which was fantastic. The only problem is she put all the stuff down the waste disposal that um, blocked it. Now, the, So we had to get this plumber out on Boxing Day. Now, there was no problem with the waste disposal. You push the button and it goes. The problem was there was a blockage somewhere else in the system. So with this plumber, we had to go and saw through the plastic piping, and, and we're looking for the impediment in the system. And once we found the block and removed the block then natural activation was free to go. There's no point just pushing the button. It's not happening. I've got to activate it more. It's like, no, we've got to find where the block is, remove the block, and then it just happens. I'm not really a science guy, but I understand that in electrical circuits, you can have a thing called a resistor. Is that right? Any science guys around? I'm not going to push this too far, otherwise I'll look stupid. There's no, there's no nods of science-type guys. Seriously? They all go to the 9 a.m. service. All those science. Oh, oh, that's good. Well, then I can say anything because no one will know. Um, but it's like you plug in the system and the current's going through, but a resistor, just, it just creates heat. It's, it's stopping something happening. And, and I think those three, the image of the car with the handbrake on, the, the plumbing with the block, the resistor and the circuit, all points to something that if we're going to be activated, we can keep looking for more secrets to activate, or we can think about what are the impediments that's stopping the natural momentum, the natural dynamic of this thing? What's holding me back from being activated? The button got pushed. Why, why is there not the natural momentum to this? Is that all right? So this morning, I, I want to just look at a couple of passages in Scripture and look at some impediments to being activated. And I, I pray that God would kind of remove some of the impediments that free you up to ride with the natural momentum. Or when the Word of God activates you, it's free to power on because there's not something holding it back. So, um, oh, this keeps stopping. Try turn it off and on. Try again. Okay, I want to I want to look at two passages of scripture. It's a bit complex. I'm trying to weave together two passages. So a story from the Old Testament about Gideon and God's call, and and see the impediments to his life, 
But then I want to kind of interweave that with a story that Jesus told, a, a parable of the talents, of how the kingdom works, and show that the two kind of show some similar things of impediments to our activation. So it's a bit complicated. Do you think we can manage that on a Sunday morning and have, kind of tie it together? Okay, so this is the story. Uh, oh, we jumped on to This is the story in Judge chapter, Judges chapter 6 of when the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon. Okay, so the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak in this place that belonged to that place, who's one of those. And where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. How many know that's pushing the button of activation? The angel came to activate Gideon. He pushed the button. He launched Gideon into something. So you would think it was all go, right? Well, let me show you that Gideon, there were some impediments to Gideon being activated. I, I love this. I've never seen it before, but he has a little phrase. He uses it a couple of times. What's Gideon's? So an angel appears to you and says, the Lord is with you. The Lord, Yahweh is with you, mighty warrior. Would you be kind of, you'd be firing, running that. What does Gideon do? Pardon me? Like, excuse me? It's kind of like a mixture of offense, disagreement. Like, what are you talking about? Pardon me, my Lord? Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Where are all his wonders our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. See, remember, God had said, the Lord is with you. Gideon goes, excuse me, look at my world. I can't see God in here. It's a flippin' mess. How can you say God is with you? And it shows he had, a, he had an impediment of a mindset about how he expected God to move in his life. And that, I'm going to unpack this a bit more, but that's why I love the language of activation because we often have a mindset that somehow God's favor and God's kingdom is just going to fall all around us, and that's the sign that God is with us rather than what Gideon learned, is precisely because the world is not good, because my world is a mess, God comes and says, I want to activate you to be the solution. I want to activate you to be the one that changes your world. I want to activate you to be the change agent who unlocks the goodness of God in your world. So there was a mindset impediment around how God works. And the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and you save Israel. Am I not sending you? There was an impediment between his ears about how he understood God worked. And the secret that he needed to be released from to release the natural momentum is, no, no, I unlock my kingdom by activating men and women to bring in my kingdom. I'm going to unpack that a bit more when we look at Matthew 25. So you go, oh, okay, so the angel came to activate Gideon. The first thing was he had a, his first impediment was a mindset around how God worked. Oh, if God is with me, everything's just going to work well. No, 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 I activate you to make it work. I activate you to unlock my kingdom, Gideon. You're the one. I'm sending you precisely because your world is a mess that you will be the one who changes it. 
Okay, so we're like, oh, right, okay, I've got that impediment out of my brain. So wh- what would he, how would Gideon reply to, respond to this, do you think? Well, he has the same phrase again. Pardon me? Like, uh, excuse me, offended again, like, excuse me, how does this work? This doesn't work. Pardon me, Gideon replied, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Second impediment. If the first impediment was a mindset about how God worked, the second impediment was kind of this inferiority and security, that insecurity that I don't have the, I can't do it. I don't have the resources. You picked the wrong guy. I'm disqualified. I don't have the abilities. And God's response is, I am with you. It's not about your abilities, your capacity. It's about the presence of God with you. And when Gideon compared himself with other people, his, if his first impediment was his understanding of God and how God worked, his second impediment was comparing himself with other people and thinking he was disqualified. Whereas all he needed to know that God was with him and what was in his hand that he could do with God working with him. And so he needed to be freed from this impediment of comparison. And so, and so then, so, okay, so God has answered that. So then what happens? Well, he doesn't, have, he doesn't do the pardon me trick again, but, you, but you'd think, right, now the, moment, now, the thing, now the momentum's free to go. He's been activated. But it's like, it's like the car with the handbrake on. If you read that, he just keeps kind of jerking forward and stopping and stopping, and it's all around fear. Because he goes, look, if I've now found favor, give me a sign. Like, I'm not totally sure. I'm not com- I need more confirmation. I'm not confident to step out. And so yeah, God says, well, okay, go, I'll go and make an offering. And God says, okay, I'll wait. So Gideon goes and makes an offering, brings it out, puts it on the rock. The angel of the Lord touched it. You know, f- fire flared from the rock, consuming the meat. The angel of the Lord disappeared. Like, how much more do you need? to see that God is with you. Gideon's response is what? Alas, I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. God says, peace, don't be afraid, you're not going to die. It's like he's, a, he's paralyzed by fear. Like this is the God who came and activated you. Why would you think he's going to kill you? Why would you be afraid of him? Why would you be so scared of stuffing up that you're paralyzed that there's an impediment to being activated because you're scared. But you see, it carries on. Then, then uh, the Lord tells him to go and do something to tear down these altars uh, and build a proper kind of altar. And then it says this, Gideon took 10 of his servants, did as the Lord told him, but because he was afraid of his p- family and the townspeople, he did it at night. He's afraid of God. He's afraid of the people. But he gets it done, and then if you know the famous story about Gideon, it's still, he still wants more confirmation. He's still not sure. He's still like, I'm not totally convinced. So this is the famous thing where he says, if you're going to do it, I'll put, look, verse 37, I'll place a wool fleece on the threshing floor. If there's dew only on the fleece and the ground is dry, then I'll know that you'll save Israel by my hand. That's precisely what happened. It's like, it's settled, isn't it, Gideon? Like, stop the doubt. Remove the impediment of doubt. But it's like, no, 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 no. Gideon said, do not be angry with me. It's like, he's got a weird relationship with God. I'm scared of him. He might destroy me. He wants me to do something, but I'm not totally sure. And so I'm going to ask him, but I'm scared he's going to be angry at me. And he's just hesitant. And so he asked for the kind of reverse thing. 
and then he, and then he finally steps out to go and do it. And if you, I'm not going to go on the account, but still the next account, the angel said, look, if you're afraid, go down and listen. And it's like at every step when there should have been an activation, he's just held back by fear. And so if you're going to be an activate church, it's great to think about how do we push the button of activation, but we also need to think how do we take off the handbrakes of the impediments? How do we remove the blockages to what should be a natural flow? How do we remove the resistors out of the system that just hold up the flow and generate heat, but don't release energy? to do what we're called to do. Because I reckon there's a natural energy to the gospel. I reckon there's a natural flow to the kingdom of God that when we push the button, it works. Uh, as I mentioned, I've become quite good friends with um, Byron Marchant, who runs the youth for Equippers Church in Auckland. And, and in the last year, it's tripled the number of youth that they reach. Uh, and I talking to him, and he said, you know, one of the significant changes in his mind because he, he's a real evangelist and he does a lot of reading around the gospel and understanding the gospel. And he, he just, out of theological conviction, he said, listen, the gospel works. Maybe I need to be less focused on how do I kind of fire up these youth and I need to re be thinking more, what are the impediments that are stopping the natural dynamic of the gospel from launching a movement? And if I got, the, if I got rid of the impediments, there's a natural momentum to the kingdom. There's a, natural, there's a natural movement dynamic to the gospel that works. And he proved it. And he, and he thought about different things and structure and systems and whatever. But there's also things in mindsets that goes, how do I, maybe my challenge as a leader is to remove the impediments. So the activation is actually you just push the button and it works. And so, so this morning, I wonder if, if God could remove some impediments in our hearts and minds, whether there might be an amazing activation when the Word of God hits our heart, it just fires, it just goes, because it works. So I, just to summarize, the three things that I reckon you see in, um, in Gideon is this around the, the mindset of receiving rather than kingdom responsibility. It's like, God, if you were with me, there wouldn't be this stuff happening. Rather than, no, no, the kingdom works when I give you the responsibility to unleash it and make it happen. We'll come back to that one. That's a bit of a shock. That didn't quite land on some people. Yet. I'll show you that from Jesus' story. The second one, though, is feelings of inadequacy from comparison with others rather than connection with God. Oh, I don't have the gifts of Pastor Sheeran, and I don't have the abilities of Pastor Jan. I could never. No, no, no. God is with you. What's in your hand? You put that to work. And rather than the impediment of comparison. But then finally basically just being scared of God letting you down if you step out rather than thinking he's got your back he loves this stuff he's with you sure there might be some hiccups sure you might fall over but what about we have the time of our life and enjoy unlocking the kingdom of God in our world and I think there's, a, there's an impediment there that we just walk on tender hooks 
what if I get it wrong? He might be angry with me. What? I need another sign. I need another sign. I might have made a mistake. I need another sign. God's going, for goodness sake, this is what I'm about. Just have a go and make it happen. All of those really are around a kingdom theology of stewardship. That God is a God who appoints us to take responsibility for an area, not to compare ourselves with others, but to use our gifts to unlock his goodness in that area, trusting that we are doing this with God and for God, and his grace and power is behind us. That's what being a steward means. Is that all right? We'll have a look at that. Okay. So it's interesting, um, your values which are up there. You know, we talk, one of your values has been kingdom focused. This is really an unpacking of a dynamic of how the kingdom works. And let, let me show you that through a story that Jesus told. And I'm going to try and mesh that in with the Gideon story. You think we can handle that? Okay. So the famous story of the parable of the talents. So most people hopefully know the story. So story... This, Remember, this is a story to illustrate how the kingdom works. Okay, if you understand this, this is the mindset of the kingdom. So a man going on a journey called his servants and trusted his wealth to them. To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two, to another one, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who received five bags of gold went at once, put his money to work, gained five more. Also the one with two bags gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. And this is the paragraph I want to look at. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. This is a story of how the kingdom works. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. See, here's the thing. In the world, responsibility is a burden. In the kingdom, responsibility is a privilege. In the kingdom, responsibility is the reward. You were faithful with a few things. Here's your reward. You get to be responsible for more. No one seems very convinced about that. And here's the fascinating thing. Come and share your master's happiness. The master loves being responsible. That's why he made the universe. He loves running the show. And so the greatest thing that he can do for you as his loved son and daughter is invite you to step up and take some responsibility and enjoy the happiness of seeing good things unlocked at a greater dimension than you've seen before. We need a massive mind shift to go in the kingdom. Responsibility is the reward, not the burden. Uh, at the church I attend in Auckland, they had a vision night on Wednesday, and uh, Pastor Sam Monk was talking about some of this. He made this statement, which is quite shocking, uh, but it's, it's part of this mindset shift. He said, um, you know, people think, the blessed life is I'm just going along and someone, suddenly someone just gives me a car. And he made the statement, he said, no, that's not the promised land. That's the wilderness when blessings just randomly fall out of heaven. The promised land is God gives you a resource. You care for it. You grow it. You generate a harvest that enables you to give someone a car. 
That's the blessed life because the Bible says it's more blessed to give than receive. But we have a mindset of this kind of fairy godmother, sugar daddy God, who the blessed life is just random blessings are going to fall out of heaven. And the kingdom is, no, no, you take responsibility and you unlock life and harvest and goodness in your world. If we're going to be activated, we need a change in mindset that when God puts a challenge in front of us, it's not a burden, it's, an, it's a responsibility, which is a blessing and an invitation into the happiness of seeing the kingdom unlocked in a greater scale and dimension than you've seen before. No one looks too convinced about that yet. Because this was Gideon's problem. Oh, the man with the two had the same, but go back. I didn't read this, but this is the introduction. This is the situation of Gideon. So the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord for seven years. He gave them to the hands of the Midianites. Here's the situation. Because, of the, because the power of Midian was so oppressive, the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, and strongholds. Like they're hiding in the rocks because they're under such oppression. Uh, whenever the Israelites planted their crops, the Midianites... Amalekites and other eastern peoples invaded the country. So we're living in the rocks. Whenever we try and do anything, the armies, the enemies come and, and wipe out our stuff. They camped on the ground. They ruined the crops, and they did not spare a living thing for Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. They came up with their livestock and their tents like swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels. They invaded the land to ravish it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. That is a bad situation, right? That is the context that then the angel comes to Gideon and says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Do you see now why he says, pardon me? Like, which part of that world was God with me in? And there's the mindset shift. No, no, God is not with you dropping blessing in the world. God is with you to be the one who changes your world. I am with you precisely because it's so dark out there. I'm with you precisely because life is so tough out there. I'm coming to activate you to be the one who changes it out there. Do you see the link between Gideon and the parable of the talents? It's like, I'm with you because I'm giving you the responsibility to unlock something of my goodness that the activation is precisely to make a change in your world, to make a difference where you are. Rather than going, excuse me, where's God in my world? It's a mess. He's going, yeah, that's why I'm activating you, because I'm with you to do something different. One of the things I hope you get a sense, maybe for the first time at the end, is a sense of responsibility as an honor in the kingdom. When you've found faithful at that level, God will say, hey, there's another level of happiness where you take on more responsibility to see something shift. And so God's answer is, yeah, you go in the strength and you save Israel out of that mess. I'm sending you. What, what was an impediment to his activation should have been the key to his activation. Man, the schools are a, a mess, you know, and... Hamilton, all our culture's going down the tubes. 
rather than that being an impediment, that should be precisely the thing that pushes the button to go, I'm sending you to go and make a difference. I'm sending you to change it. Oh, these towns that there's no churches there. Yeah, that's why I'm activating you to be the group that goes and plants a church there. Oh, there's these unreached people in China or other places. Yeah, we are, yeah, that's why I'm activating you to go and change it. I reckon there's a real key there that what is an impediment to activation could be turned around and become the key to being activated. If you can understand the mindset of the kingdom, where God's blessing just doesn't fall around us, but God anoints you to be the one who unlocks his blessing. Is that all right? Awesome. That's probably the biggie to get the shift on, I reckon. Now, I'm just waiting for blessing to fall out of heaven. No, no, he's activating me to be the one who does it. But, but as we saw when we read um, Gideon's story, even when he got that, he, he was still... He was still paralyzed. He still, the handbrake was still on around the second one of these feelings of inadequacy because he compared himself with others. Where do you see that in the parable of the talents? Well, who's the guy who struggles? Not the guy with five, not the guy with two, the guy with one. The guy who looks around and goes, I just don't have the resources to make a difference. I'll be fine if God called Sharon and Jan to go and change China or Ukraine, they're so gifted, but I can't do that. Well, it'd be fine if, you know, Pastor Simon was going to preach to the youth, but I can't do that. And it's like the impediment of comparing ourselves with others, rather than going, what's in your hand, faithfully put that to use, because it's not about your ability, it's about God is with you, and what can he do if you faithfully use what he's put in your hand? This was the second one. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I'm the least in my family. It's like, you picked the wrong guy, God. And God's like, no, no, no I picked the right guy because it'll be clear that it's happened because you're faithful and it's my power. And actually, if you read on in the story, God deliberately makes Gideon cut back his natural resources so it's clear that it's because of God's power. So again, what was an impediment to activation should become the key to activation. You know, someone said, if your dream in God is achievable, it's not big enough. Actually, this must be God because it's beyond my capacity to achieve. That should activate me rather than paralyze me. Rather than being an impediment, it should help in the activation because it must be God. Reckon? Think about it. Okay. And I think this taps in with so many of the the sense of connected to purpose, this connected of big-hearted and the connected to courageous. Yeah, I'm, I'm part of something. I'm, I don't have all the gifts and abilities, but this is what you've given me, God. I'm willing to put it to use, trusting that you're with me. And I believe that's going to activate something. But that courageous one ties into the third, I think, the third impediment. This keeps coming and going. It's been awesome. Oh, and again. Okay. No, it's died. Can you flick it on? Next one. Is it? Oh, yeah. No, that's gone back to the beginning. Okay, we'll just catch up as it's seized up. 
that's right back at the beginning. The third, let me, when you catch up, uh, the third one was the thing with Gideon with just with fear. It's like, I don't, how are we going? A bit more, a bit more, almost there. Next one. Almost, about two more. No, okay. Remember the thing with the parable of the, oh, yep, we're getting there. This is a good review. We're back on track. Okay, here we are. Next one. I think that's where we stopped. Next one. Yeah, next one. Yeah, oh, ne yeah, next one. There. No. Uh, next one. Next one. It's coming. Next one. Yeah, we're almost there. Yeah, next one. There we go. Notice the parable of the, t the talents, what the guy says with the one. I was afraid. Master, he said, I knew that you're a hard man. Invest harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered. I was afraid of you. Man, you've got to know that you're, I mean, you're stuffed to be activated if deep down inside you're scared of God. That's getting to a quite a rude issue, isn't it? Okay, I, got, I understand how this kingdom works. Okay, I understand. I'm not going to compare. But if deep down, I don't think God's got my back. Deep down, I think he's likely to get angry with me. Then I'm not going to be activated. I'm going to be like Gideon holding, but I need another sign. I need another confirmation. I'm not totally sure yet. Rather than just enjoying going for it with the Father. You know, it's interesting there he says, I knew that you're a hard man harvesting where you have not sown, gathering where you have not scattered seed. When the master replies, can we go on to the next one? He says, no, you wicked and lazy. You knew that, oh, no, back where we were. Click, sorry. You knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. The master agreed that he operates a kingdom of harvest and sowing. He didn't agree that he was hard. He said, this is how the kingdom works. I grow things and I enlist people to use their abilities, but I'm not hard about it. You don't have to be afraid about it. You just have to do what I've put in your hands to do, not comparing with others, but not waiting passively. The kingdom works by people being activated. That's why I think it's such a cool name. That's at the heart of how the kingdom works. God just doesn't sovereignly rain things down from heaven. He activates you and I to do it. And if deep down we're scared that he's not going to have our back, we'll never let him activate us. The handbrake will always be on. Rather than going, the master says, come and enjoy the happiness of having a go for God of having a go and say, and yeah, maybe it doesn't go as well as you thought. But that just shows maybe you thought you were a five-talent guy, but you're just a one-talent guy. Sometimes it's a bit humbling. But that's okay. God says, oh, yeah, I always knew you were a one-talent guy. That's fine. See, here's the thing. The one-talent guy in three years will using it will overtake the five-talent guy who never did. Because if you double it in the first year, you'll get two. In the second year, you'll get four. In the third year, you'll get six. Don't compare yourself. You don't know whether they're a one-talent guy who's grown it or they're a five-talent guy who's been lazy and doesn't know, doesn't know anything with what God's given them. That's not our responsibility. I need to be free to 
to not be afraid of God and not be afraid that he's going to jump on me if I miss up. Because guess what? This is how the kingdom works, and he loves this. He's happy doing this stuff, and he invites us to have a ball doing it with him. And that's why take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who is 10, because this is how the kingdom works, by people using what they've got and seeing it grow. Gideon was afraid of God. He was afraid of people, but fundamentally he was afraid of God, and he was afraid of messing up with God. Can I get the musicians to come back up? I think it's fantastic that you deeply get this theme of activate. I reckon that's a real king, that sums up how the kingdom works. But we can keep pushing the button and Pastor Sheridan can keep trying to activate and activate and activate. But if the handbrake's on, it's the kingdom. Is it fear? Fear of messing up? Fear of getting it wrong? Can you let God show you the picture of this laughing master who says, come and enter my happiness. This is supposed to be fun. Changing the world. Yeah, it's hard at work, but responsibility is a reward in the kingdom, not a burden. It's a privilege, not a punishment. Father, right now I pray that by your Holy Spirit, you would just touch people's hearts and remove the impediments. Where there's been a blockage, just let it be released. Where there's been a handbrake on, let people choose to disengage the brake that they think is just keeping them safe. Where they're just scared of, man, that current was flowing. I, I just got to put a, some resistance in there otherwise I'm scared where this will go it was mentioned in the worship that one of the things of um, just people under pressure I, I just a couple of minutes before I'd just been praying I just felt a word that God would, wanted to say was around resilience And there's some keys in here to resilience. It's hard work trying to drive a car with the handbrake on. There's just an ease when you take the handbrake off. Creates a natural momentum with a natural resilience. Right now, can I invite you to allow the Holy Spirit to come and show you what it would be like for God to give you responsibility as a blessing? not as a burden that workplace that family member that ministry you go but it's such a mess it's so hard and God goes forget it yeah that's why I'm appointing you to go and unlock something different could you let that just that feeling of wow that's that's cool that's awesome God thank you you 
you give me the responsibility to unlock the goodness of your kingdom in that area? Call me, some of you, it's the dream even of nations, towns or cities. God, you'd, you'd put that on, on me as a, as a privilege to think about unlocking your kingdom. Holy Spirit, may you just bring a sense of, a kind of, of harmony in people's life. Things would just fit together. Rather than there's a push of the accelerator, but there's a pull of the brake, may, may it just come together with a sense of harmony. These are my gifts. This is my one talent. God, I'm going to faithfully use it because you're with me in this. I'm going to unlock goodness on the scale that you've put before me. And when you invite me to step up, trust that you're going to do that as well. I trust you, God. I'm not, a, I'm not going to be afraid of you. I'm not going to be afraid that you're going to be angry with me, that you're going to punish me, that you're going to overwhelm me. I trust you, God. I believe that there'll just be a harmony come into your life that will create a capacity to be resilient these impediments, they just create friction, don't they? That's what a resistor does. It just creates heat in the system because it's blocking something that's designed to be natural. So God, I pray for the testimony of your peace now to settle on people. And something deep in their heart would go, Lord, I'm not afraid you to push the activate button and I trust that there's just going to be a flow now in Jesus name Outstanding message. Thank you, Steve. Can we give Pastor Steve a great big hand? Something there for us to really get hold of, eh? Yeah. As it so happens, on the glass in the foyer, you'll see there's a great big list of things there where we really need people to help out in the life of the church. And so that would be a good way to start, wouldn't it? A little bit of responsibility. Sign up for a job. Have a look out there. Things, there's some little roles, there's some larger roles, but we really need everyone to get involved, and there's so much uh, that we can all do to help to create the atmosphere that God wants us to build in and through this church. So I encourage you to have a look at the list and get involved. And uh, actually, the best way, you know, if you don't feel like you belong, the best way to feel a sense of belonging anywhere is to get on a team and get involved. You start to rub shoulders with people and you'll be amazed. Suddenly you feel like you're part of the family. So so get involved would be good. Well, what I'd like to do as we finish this, it's Brent Weaver's last Sunday with us before he heads back to the Ukraine. 
So Brent, why don't you come out? We're going to pray for you and down the back. Fantastic. If you'd like to come and gather around Brent, feel, uh, Brent, feel free to come out now. And we're going to pray for him. And seen him on his way. It'd be great. You jump in the middle and we'll gather around you. Very good. Josh, would you like to pray? Lord, I thank you that Brandon is an amazing example of the message that we've just heard this morning. Someone who heard your call, who was willing to be activated and who went. Lord, and he's still going. He's still over there using the skills and the way you've crafted his life throughout the years to fulfill and to expand your kingdom over there. Lord, we ask for your anointing to increase upon him as he goes. Lord, that this would be a stronger season of harvest and of leadership development within the, within the believers that they're working with. Lord, that you would continue to give Brent and the team that he's working with uh, the keys to unlock harvest within their city, harvest amongst the university students, people coming to know you, and that amongst those students, Lord, there would be leaders who would rise up, powerfully anointed by you to take the ministry far beyond what they've been able to do themselves native people within that country who would be the strongest leaders that we've seen in Ukraine for many years who would rise up and Lord that you would give Brent and the team the uh, vision to be able to see far more than what's just in the natural but to be able to see the purpose that you have for these students and who you're calling into these roles. Lord that you would anoint their whole ministry and that they would see growth and harvest and people coming to know you in such a powerful way. Lord, I ask for an increase in the supernatural moving amongst them too. Lord, that they would know healings and miracles and words of prophecy. And Lord, that that would just all expand, even that they, that they don't even know what they did differently to see that happen. But Lord, you would breathe on it in a fresh way, we pray. And I pray especially for Brent that you would uh, be close to him and he would know your presence close and personal as he heads back. Lord, that in the times when he's uh, in his apartment, that he would just know deep personal times with you that fill him with power and authority to keep going and to bringing others with him on the journey. Thank you, Lord. Brent, I really feel to encourage you to remind you of the prophetic word. When you go back, God's going to entrust you with a nation changer. sense to bring that to the top of the pile again for your thinking. Keep your eyes open. They're not necessarily going to be obvious, but they're a nation changer. And um, God sees fit to, to um, put them in your hands. Which is pretty exciting, eh? It's awesome. Fantastic. It's great. Hey, what we're going to do as we finish, um, yes, yeah, stay here, guys. Let's do the lines. How about you come out of your seats and let's make two aisles, uh, you know, two queues down the aisle here, about a metre apart. We can all do that. Just go right out to the door. And in just a moment, we're going to send Brent to walk up the aisle. Come closer together. You need to be close enough that you can lay a hand on his back as he goes past. Just don't hurt him. And um, let's, as he walks, we're going to declare the favor of God, the protection of God, the blessing of God on him and everything that's God called him, everything that God's called him to do and who he's called you to be. 
in this next season in the Ukraine. And it's a great privilege for us to be partnering with you there. And um, know that we've got your back. We have your back. Love partnering with you. So it's awesome. So, Rodeo, start here. You guys can start praying. And you go for a walk, Brent. It's awesome. And Father, we lift Brent to you today. Pray out loud. Come on, speak over him. Words of life. Declare words of life. Father, we lift Brent to you. I thank you for him. Thank you for the mission, the commission you have on his life. We declare health. We declare safety. We declare provision over him in Jesus' name. Father, let him walk with the absolute confidence that he is called by you. He is uniquely called by you and you have work for him to do. And Jesus, as he goes back there, we ask that he would go with not only joy in his spirit, with a great sense of the commission of God with him. Bless him. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Fantastic. Pastor Steve speaking again tonight. I really encourage you to come out. What are you talking about again, Steve? Theology of hardship. That's great. You know, there's something we don't talk about enough. Hard times come. It's called life. A theology of hardship. That'll be really good. Can I also encourage you on your way out, there... Um, you know, be purposed in your giving. We've got giving stations to the left of the doors. But also we are still receiving our faith promise and vision offering cards in. If you haven't done that yet, can I encourage you to put them in a green box? Make sure your faith promise, your vision offering. And don't forget to pick up your kids. Amen. <laughs>